0: that's 1-800-387-8025, visit us online at rmworldtravel.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rmworldtravel, and now, welcome to America's number one travel radio show. All right, the fun continues for sure,
1: let's get back to it, welcome aboard Hour 2 of RM World Travel everybody, it's nice to have you tuned in with us today. We're just past 11 a.m. Eastern Time here in the New York City area as we cover everything and anything in the world of travel. So as we begin our two of our travel talk uh, get together today. We've got Roger Frazell, he's the Chief Communication Officer of Carnival Corporation. He's holding patiently right now on the show hotline for us, so Mary, let's get to the hour two rundown and we'll get right to Roger.
2: Coming up in about ten minutes, Kristen Francis returns to the program for today's Personal Connection episode to talk with us about why travel souvenirs matter and what attracts us to them. Rudy's going to rejoin the show from his broadcast studio after our bottom of the hour break, as It's Just Lunch executive Sandra Hatton will join him, and they're going to talk about uh, what they've learned about travel that connects people and singles who are looking for romance. If you're a woman who enjoys mountain or ice climbing, Kitty Calhoun is ahead as she wants you you to know about chicks with pics. And before we sign off for today, we're going to connect with Kevin James up in Canada. He's a historian and he uh, specializes in hotel guest books. We're going to learn what hotels are doing these days that just may replace the traditional hotel guest book. But right now, let's get to that show hotline and say hello to show friend Roger Frizzell, the Chief Communications Officer with Carnival Corporation.
1: Hello, Roger. Thanks for joining Mary and me, giving us a few minutes of your time today. How are things in Oklahoma?
3: Uh, they're fine, and uh, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Robert. Sounds like you have a great show today, as always. So I'm pleased to be a part of it.
2: Well, we appreciate that. Listen, at last hour we were it was also busy, so a lot going on. Uh, good to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, thanks sure. for joining us on a Saturday as well. So listen, we invited you to join us today because we're always talking about Carnival Corporation and why our listeners should cruise with all your different brands. And of course, that's all important, and that's certainly a lot of fun. That's what cruising is. But there's another side of the company, and that's why you're here today. That we'd like you to. Talk talk about, because in the past few weeks since Hurricane Dorian hit, you guys have had a major impact in aiding in the recovery in the Bahamas. So why don't you tell us about it?
3: I think, uh, as you all your listeners, that the Bahamas are a really important market to not only our company, but to the cruising industry as a whole. And when Dorian hit the Bahamas, uh, as it has uh, similar hurricanes in the past, there was some devastation done. And uh, we're, we're really pleased that at this point uh, much of the country is doing well and the recovery is well underway there's still some spots uh that are having difficulty and for us uh, our employees our guests and our partners this was an important undertaking and so that's really what we did we took it on as a, a significant initiative for our company uh and the cruise industry because there's some a lot of, of great support by all of the industry and uh and, and that's what we kind of do best in some cases we only provide great entertainment and vacation experiences. But uh, when there's a need, we tend to rally together and, and, and mm-hmm. do a lot of good in the process. And I think from our standpoint, it's it's good to give back.
1: Well, Roger, Absolutely. I, I want to I qualify some of this for folks listening around the country right now, because listen, we're talking 12 million pounds of food and relief supplies to the Bahamas that filled 250 shipping containers. So folks, think about that number. Plus though, there were donations exceeding $500,000 from employees and cruise guests. I mean, they are big numbers, Roger. So, I mean, you've got to feel really proud to be part of such an outpouring that's impacting so many.
3: I think we uh, the partners that joined us, including uh, local shipping partner, tropical shipping. Uh, it, it was an extensive the amount of goods and, uh, that were donated not only by our partners, but by our employees and our guests and the company itself. Um, And that's on top of really a a $2 million donation pledge that came not only from the corporation, but also from our chairman, Nick Garrison, and and his wife uh, and their foundation. Uh, And then on top of that, uh, Carnival Cruise Line brought in two ships to provide uh, really $500,000 in donated goods, which are generators and food and chainsaws and things that were really critically important at the time. Uh, and, And those donations, as you know, have gone to really two major initiatives. Direct Relief, uh, which has done great work around the world, but especially in the Bahamas, and the world's uh, central kitchen. Some of you may know of Chef Andre and his work that, uh, you know, they've served like 500,000 meals. So uh, that's the kind of work that you really want to do because it makes a difference uh, and it has a huge impact. So I I think we made some some initial impact, but but there was even more. Uh, There was uh, efforts in... The Grand Bahamas, where where they were mostly devastated, we have our own sh- uh, shipyard there. It's a joint venture, and they literally created water supplies. Uh, that they provided water from their own system, and they worked with the local water company. They worked with a local hospital. They donated goods. So that's where people on the ground that are your employees are not even worrying about their own families. They're worrying about the community. And you know what can you say about something like that? It's just it's really special.
2: Yeah. It really is. And, you know, so the direct support and the direct relief is is all important in one thing. But you're also, I want to touch on this because you're you're really helping in terms of tourism for these communities and these families who really depend on these tourism dollars. Um, from what we, we know, you've committed to develop a $100 million new cruise port on Grand Bahama, and you're constructing an $80 million, I may have that number slightly wrong, but a new pier on the Bahamian island of Little San Salvador, clearly vital to their tourism operations for that community, don't yeah, but- you to- Mid
3: and yeah, absolutely. for both mid and yeah. long term yep You're right mary those are projects that uh, will be vital to the long-term uh success of the tourism economy there and uh but it was also important for us to get up and running in nassau and half moon keys and in princess right. keys and uh and even do some activity in freeport so i think when you look at the impact tourism has in that economy it's just it's critical Uh, And that's why they had a call out to us saying, what can you do to help us sooner than later? And there was a lot of work done to get the piers ready and to make sure that uh, they were ready for cruising. So that's kind of behind the scenes that you don't talk about a lot. But uh, that work itself was really intense. And uh, unfortunately, we were able to get up and running fairly soon.
1: Well Roger listen you know we we absolutely appreciate you getting on the line with us today to share this information because again as Mary said earlier we we talk a lot about all the great uh, components of cruising and and that part of it. But when corporate America steps up and also has such a positive impact, we wanted to make sure that you got some recognition for that as well. I know you're not doing it for that reason, uh, but we felt it was important to at least showcase that and just show the different side of the company. So we appreciate it. Our best to you and the Carnival Corporation as you continue the efforts. You have a nice rest of the day, okay?
3: thank you both and thank okay. you to make tourism and cruising uh something that people uh, understand and want to do and i can't say enough of good things about your shows and what you do
2: thank you thank welcome. you Appreciate roger it. take care have a good weekend
1: all right uh, there goes roger Frazelle. and uh you know listen folks
2: um you wow know, uh, another thing to you know when just you just hear don't...
1: that today it's do something nice day and but they are doing it like with yep. exclamation points well, that, times fits 50. that
2: well do something yeah. nice day yeah. is it really yes it is all right well, that music, I hear it. That tells you and me that it's time for us to take a quick break. Up next, it's our latest Personal Connection episode. Kristen Francis will join us to talk about the relationship that we travelers have with souvenirs. RM World Travel returns in three minutes.
0: To join Robert, Mary, and Rudy, call 800-387-8025. Or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RMWorldTravel. We're coming right back.
2: The real world is full of sounds that warn about danger. In the digital world, there's no sound if your personal info is in danger. LifeLock with Norton helps protect against threats to your identity and to your devices. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton gives you protection for the digital world. And right now, for a limited time, you can go to LifeLock.com and use promo code RM for 30% off, or visit rmworldtravel.com under Sponsors. The offer expires October 6th.
1: Cabbage is the fast and flexible way to access funds for your small business. It takes just a few minutes to apply online for a line of credit and get a quick decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need now up to $250,000, and you only pay for what you use. Now there's a faster, more flexible way to fund your business cabbage.com. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com or rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. Credit lines are subject to review and change, individual requests for capital or separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC.
2: Mike Lindell and the MyPillow team asked us to say thanks for the way our audience has responded because you're buying an awful lot of their great products. And if you haven't heard, they've got some super deals right now on their MyPillows, their Soft Giza Dream Sheets, the Mattress Topper, and more. MyPillows are machine washable made in the USA and include a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Their popular buy one, get one free premium MyPillow deal is going on right now. Just head to MyPillow.com under Radio Specials and use the promo code RM or visit rmworldtravel.com under Sponsors.
1: Or you'll also find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
0: Got a question or comment? Need savvy travel advice? Connect with Robert, Mary, and Rudy anytime on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at rmworldtravel. Now, back to RM World Travel. All right, we're going to get back to more
1: Travel Talk. Robert and Mary with you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Before we get to show friend Kristen Francis to discuss travel souvenirs for our personal connection episode, a quick word about Travel Guard travel insurance.
2: The team at Travel Guard has listened to you because they're going to offer an array of new coverages to protect you. Things like wedding bundles, pet bundles, adventure sport bundles, even trip exchanges, hurricane warnings, inconvenience benefits for low water levels for cruises, pregnancy coverage, and more. A lot of stuff coming up. It sure is, because you just never Know when it comes to emergency situations when you travel. If you're planning a trip, don't put your investment or well being at risk, as travel insurance from Travel Guard is affordable and it gives you protection in a lot of ways. You know,
1: it's why we say, folks, whether your next trip is a solo adventure, family vacation, long or short getaway, whatever it is, get the coverage you should have at TravelGuard.com. There's also a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsor.
2: For today's installment of our personal connection series, we're going to get into the relationship many of us have with travel souvenirs. Love them or hate them, lots of us buy souvenirs, whether it's something that we're going to bring back for family or a friend or as we'll discuss today maybe you're a souvenir collector. Robert and our youngest son have been collecting something found all over the world for years which we'll get into in a minute as show friend Kristen Francis aka the souvenir finder is holding for us on the show hotline to discuss some of the more interesting travel souvenir collections that she's found through her own travels and from her fellow travelers.
1: Nice to reconnect with you Kristen. Mary and I say welcome back to RM World Travel.
4: I will, thank you. Great
1: to be here. It's great to have you here with us today. So listen, I think it's one thing to talk about souvenirs people bring back every now and then from their trips, but today we're going to discuss travelers' personal souvenir collections with you. As Mary just teased in your setup, our youngest son is passionate about Coca-Cola, and he and I, well, we've been collecting Coke bottles and cans from around the world when we travel, or, you know, when I go somewhere, I bring it back for him. Mary and I, we also collect shells and rocks when we travel to keep us connected to trips. But I want to ask you, what do you like to collect and why? And then I want to ask you something else about your mom.
4: Great. Well, I have a few different collections. Um, One collection that actually a lot of my friends also collect is jewelry from different destinations. Just because it's easy, it's something that you can wear every day. I have rings. I have bracelets. Um, It's something that I would buy at home, but why not buy it when I travel? But my favorite collection are my good luck souvenirs. And I like to say that I'm not really superstitious, except, you know, I like to hedge my bets a little bit. So when I go to a country, I try to find out what their symbol of good luck is. And I've come back with the evil eye from Turkey. I picked up a horseshoe in Utah. Um, My favorite, I think, are the um, omomori, which are amulets in Japan, because they provide very specific kind of good luck, like you can get protection from bears. Love, good luck, luck luck with money. So it's kind of a fun souvenir. Well, with
1: all of your collections, then you should have unbelievable uh, good (laughs) luck going on and protection. (laughs) But tell us a little bit, though, about what your mom collects because we saw the photo of her collection and she's certainly passionate. So I guess she must have inspired you.
4: Yes, absolutely. So my mom is actually a nomad. She's been traveling via RV around the country for the last two years with no other home. And she's been visiting, trying to visit all of the national parks, and she's a little bit obsessive about acquiring a patch from every park. And this isn't just her. This is sort of people who do this are really kind of obsessive about it. So it's kind of funny, like, if they missed one, they'll sometimes go back, um, make sure they hit (laughs) the gift shop when it's open. And I'm not sure what she's planning on doing with them all, like maybe sewing it onto a quilt or something, but it's uh, it's pretty funny. She's mm. absolu- this is a mom who won't buy anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she'll get she those will buy those
2: patches. I love it. So um, I'm actually thinking about my dad right now. My dad was a an avid collector. He was an avid traveler, and he collected matchbooks from restaurants for, I would say, close to 30 Has years. To I home. still have his collection. Yeah. I actually feel like I should pull it out and uh, start Googling some of these restaurants and see if they still exist, because his collection went back to the 50s and 60s. I'm not a huge collector. As Robert said, we do collect shells and rocks. I think that's pretty Common, but you do but collect jewelry when you we travel. Well, all right, yeah, yeah, I do like to buy rings, actually. Yeah, yeah they don't even have to be expensive, or Kristen. Or just uh, uh, You're just saying yeah. that because I <laughs> bought a bracelet recently <laughs> at a festival. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do like jewelry from, from around the world. Why do you think, what drives people to collect the same thing and bring it back from different places that they've visited? Well, I
4: think there's just sort of it's a completionist impulse. Like, I must have this item from this location sort of um, you know, I, I'm on this journey. It provides sort of a motivation even to travel or to look for something, something to do other than just go to a tourist attraction, like hunt this piece down. Um, maybe even a little bit of a hoarding instinct in that, you know. Right, um, right. Yeah, there's <laughs> a
2: fine line here between collecting and hoarding. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, but I think also it's... Um, it's, uh, it's about the personal connection you get when you bring that item home. So it's, yeah. it's one thing when you're out there and you're sort of hunting it down, but then when you're back home with your collection, it just brings back all of those memories. You can look at your huge collection of Starbucks mugs, which a lot of people collect, even people who don't collect anything else, and think I'm going to be drinking on the Seine in Paris this morning mm-hmm. with my coffee or, or whatever it is.
2: So let's talk about a few other collection items besides jewelry, rock shells, and uh, those Starbucks mugs are popular. I have a uh, cousin who collects those avidly. I don't know if they're still available in cities, and I know not every Starbucks carries them, but they're popular. What what do you see? You've done a lot of uh, writing on this. You've talked to a lot of fellow travelers. What are some popular items that people have large collections of?
4: Well, surprisingly, even people who are, are the most, like, you would think not the type to collect these, collect fridge magnets. I think it's mm-hmm. just because they're small, they're easy to pop on your fridge, so even if they're, like, a snob about other things, they will hunt down those magnets. <laughs> so that's something that really surprised me. And the, and the Starbucks mugs, too. So many, I have so many travel blogger friends who carry backpacks, but they bring those mugs home <laughs> somehow.
1: Well, the magnets, uh, though, you don't have to worry about the no, luggage fees of, of carting yeah. everything home
4: exactly exactly so totally makes sense Um, some more interesting things I Mm -hmm. think I I have a friend who collects uh, unusual musical instruments when she travels so that is kind of a cool collection of things that you know yeah you probably wouldn't see from anywhere else I'd say their uh, clothing um, could be an interesting thing Um, I have a friend who collects sort of semi-ethnic clothing when she travels um, that makes for great pictures and the sort of fun things to incorporate into your wardrobe back home So some of these collections aren't quite so obvious, and other collections, I think, are inspired by if you have to bring back a gift, like a gift for your kids. Right. So um, some people, I'd, I'd say collect, but collect for their kids different toys from around the world. I even know dogs that are pampered with their dog toys from around <laughs> the world. So a collection can really mean anything.
1: I th- you know, when you say that, actually, I used to. Co- now I think about that, I used to collect T-shirts for a while until I had like you know 60 T-shirts, and Mary's like, all right, enough Wait, you stuff. you still have well, a I lot have of T-shirts? I have a lot of them still. Yeah, I, have I still he have T-shirts. One from Kauai from our <laughs> yeah, from <that's> our honeymoon, <laughs> right. I still Maybe wear. We have whole still fits, collection which is good. Up there. Uh, but uh, you know, so uh, when people get home, they they have these collections. They have all this stuff that they've amassed. Uh, what do you think they do with it?
4: Well, that's why I think, like, um, and I try to give tips on my blog, too, about, like, what do you do with this stuff when you get back home? And I personally, I love the wearable souvenirs, like what Mary was saying, with the jewelry and even the T-shirts. It's something you're going to use at least, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're just wearing on yourself. You don't have to really store it anywhere. But other people, I've seen them create sort of an artistic space with their collections. They might group together, you know, if you have, like, one little tiny um, Eiffel Tower, it might look a little bit silly, but if you group it together with 20 of them and, some sort of artistic way then you've got like a decorator little space there yeah, I could um, see that. Yeah. I've seen people like create um, sort of gallery walls with um, those little sketches that you might get from like an artist
2: yeah um, like a know, street artist walking. right
4: and they just put them in interesting big frames and um, you know have a beautiful wall space for it and it's something that might not look good alone but with a collection it becomes a
1: thing uh, and I found one interesting uh, that you covered was a guy named Daniel who collects the patches from all over the world, and he started his collection initially with just one patch that grew into many more to add some pizzazz to what he thought was a dull-looking travel bag. But he got what he described as an unexpected benefit, which I, I love. So share that with everybody.
4: Sure. So um, Daniel is a friend, and um, when I saw his bag, I was sort of uh, taken aback by that, and, uh, and I actually asked sort of the same question too, like. Have you really been to all those places? Um, just because you know, they're so varied and diverse? And now he loved answering that question. It was like it's a conversation piece now. Now I can talk to people sort of about the connections I have with these different places. So it it's really it, it's about the connection and sharing that connection with others. So yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, back as a kid, I think we used to all, if we went skiing, you know, you'd wear all those ski tags and it would be like, oh, I went here, I skied here, I skied there. But, uh, Kristen, just let everybody know where they can find you on the web and also with your blog.
4: Sure. I am at souvenirfinder.com. Uh, regularly updating on the latest souvenirs, so uh, look for me
1: there and on Instagram. And Instagram as well. So listen, folks, uh, and if you have a souvenir story of your own, you want to share it with us, uh, just email us at rmworldtravel.com. You can go to the Contact Us tab, and we'll share that with Kristen. Kristen, really nice to talk with you today and catch up. Appreciate it. Enjoy your souvenir travels, okay?
2: Thank you, guys. Great chatting. Take care.
1: All right, there goes Kristen. Just released her.
2: You know what I'm thinking? We didn't talk about in the interview, but those Coke bottles. Every now and then we lose a Coke. We lose they a Coke the Coke. aluminum it cans. Explodes. Yeah, you want them. Well, the <laughs> bottles are good. Yeah. It's the
1: cans that leak, and uh, we have found that out the hard way. But also, I was thinking, you know, we, we collect those wine corks as well. It's another thing. Oh, that we do. We so,
2: do. Yeah, See, we're collectors, thing. and we don't yeah. even realize <laughs> exactly. what we're doing. But we're
1: not hoarders. So that's no, what they're for a, sure. So again, exactly.
2: we're not hoarders, yeah. everyone.
1: <laughs> Folks, right now, listen. It's a great time to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at RM World Travel. As <laughs> we pause for a few commercial messages from our sponsors rm world travel
0: returns after this quick break today's edition of rm world travel is coming right back and you can also stay connected with the program at rmworldtravel.com
1: When's the last time you refreshed your sock drawer? Well, if you can't remember, it's probably time for an upgrade. Bombas socks are made with comfort innovations like arch support, a seamless toe, and cushioned footbed. That's sock speak for super comfortable. Their new line of merino wool socks are made from warm, naturally moisture-wicking merino wool, designed with all of Bombas' classic comfort features. Buy yours at bombas.com rm, and you're going to get 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com rm for 20% off, or as always, visit rmworldtravel.com and look under sponsors.
5: To get a photo-ready smile by the holidays, you've got to start now with clear aligners from Candid. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan and shows you a 3D preview of how your teeth will look after you're done. Treatment takes just six months on average. Candid costs 65% less than braces, and they ship to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist's office. Get your photo-ready smile by the holidays. Go to candidco.com rm. Use that code rm to get $75 off or visit rmworldtravel.com under Sponsors for Info. Nice to have you on the show with us today. This portion of the program is sponsored by audible.com slash RM. You know, listeners of our program are smart travelers, curious about new destinations, and our new relationship with audible.com slash RM offers you another fun way to explore the world also by listening. They offer an unbeatable selection of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment, including exclusive originals. From bestsellers, memoirs, thrillers, travel, spirituality, finance, politics, parenting, and relationships, even sports, there's something for everyone. Every month, you can choose one audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two Audible audible Originals from a fresh selection. This means you can listen to See You in the Piazza, a new audiobook about Italy from the author of Under the Tuscan Sun. You can listen to Elizabeth Gilbert's classic Eat, Pray, Love. What we like is with a convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. Just like with this national program, listening keeps you informed, motivated, and entertained. And we think this product will give you the edge because you're able to get more books in your life. Start a 30-day trial and choose one audiobook plus two Audible originals absolutely free. Just join audible.com slash rm. Or check out a direct link at rmworldtravel.com by looking under sponsors. Now, you may be familiar with a dating service called It's Just Lunch. It's not an app, but a matchmaker service in which singles sign up, list their likes and dislikes, and pay $1,000 or more to meet people with whom they might be compatible over something rather informal like a lunch or a drink. Along the way, over its 28 years, the company's learned a lot about singles and their wants and desires. You can read about It's Just Lunch online. You will see some mixed reviews. But we're interested in a survey the company did recently that includes some interesting insights about singles and travel. My guest is Sandra Hatton. She's the vice president for client services at It's Just Lunch. I wanted to talk to her about how travel plays into romance. Sandra, I'm delighted to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Now, I gather the majority of your clients hope to meet someone compatible in their own hometown, which, of course, makes sense. But tell me some of the things you've learned about travel and romance in this survey you've done of your members.
6: Yeah, it is true. We did do a survey, and the vast majority do want to meet somebody in their hometown. And we hear that a lot when we're interviewing our clients. But uh, when we did this survey, we did see uh, that there are... Uh, about 11% of singles polled were willing to travel across the country to meet someone, or even internationally, um, if they were really interested in that person. So um, that's not only something that we found out during this survey, but it's something that we hear a lot when we're when we're talking to our clients. If they knew for sure somebody um, you know was open to that idea of traveling to meet them, or vice versa, they would be open to it.
5: That's fairly a substantial number, 10 to 11 percent. I mean, it's not a, not a small number. It's not a huge number, but it's, you know, traveling cross country or across an ocean is, uh, you know, it, re- it requires a commitment. Um, you also found that a lot of people either have met folks on airplanes or would, would be open to meeting someone in the airport or while traveling to date.
6: Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, So, I personally travel a lot, so I pay very close attention to what's going on on the airplane all the time. I'm literally looking at people, but I found it interesting, 25% of the survey respondents replied that they had met somebody on an airplane that they would be interested in dating. Um, That doesn't always mean that they're asking that person out, but they would be interested in (laughs) dating someone they've met or sat next to on an airplane, which is pretty cool. Um, so, and I think the, the other interesting stat was 25% of women, single women, um, considered, you know, traveling for business or pleasure as a good opportunity to meet other singles. And then it was 20% for single men surveyed.
5: And so why not? Time. And why not? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. um, this was this was an interesting stat that you had. Um, I I gather you asked what, what is what are great topics of conversation on a first date. Mm-hmm. And number one were topics and, excuse me, hobbies and interests, which makes sense. Yeah. You want somebody who has similar interests. If you like ice climbing and the next person doesn't, uh, you're probably going to go ice climbing together. But 12% <laughs> think travel is a great topic of discussion. Uh, that sort of suggests travel is a, uh, what? Well, how should I say, I mean, a universal or something that people aspire to, an aspirational thing um, mm-hmm. for both sexes.
6: Right. We actually, when we interview our clients, I would say that it's probably brought up and if I just could throw a stat out there, I would say almost every single interview, but I would say like, uh, uh, I'm making this number up, but I've done thousands of interviews personally and I would say 75% of the people that I interview, you know, travel or they love to travel or they want to meet someone who travels. So I'm not surprised that 12% of them want to talk about it on their first date. Where have you been? Where, you know, where's your favorite place you want to go? So I'm not surprised by that stat. I think it actually could be higher.
5: (laughs) How does that skew uh, men versus women?
6: Uh, I think it's pretty much right across the board, you know, 50-50. I think that our clients in general just travel a lot, which is one of the reasons why we are (laughs) in those airline ads. Um, I think that, I mean, I travel a lot for work. I'm a woman. I travel, you know, 50% of the time. So... Um, you see maybe more men on the airplane traveling, but I think that women are definitely doing it, too, and they love to travel for pleasure. So I think women are always bringing men up. They'd love to meet someone who either travels for work and understands it or wants to travel, just wants to travel for fun.
5: Have you, you ever right? met anyone you've dated while traveling?
6: Uh, personally, I've met a lot of people while traveling. Not that I've actually dated, um, i've met friends i've met people that have turned into friends while traveling and um, but but i could definitely see it happening for sure um if you if you pay attention like i said i'm always keeping my eyes open on the plane and, and seeing what's going on
5: well there's certainly nothing wrong with just making friends as well sandra hatton vp <laughs> of client services it's it's just lunch which is uh if you're looking for a soulmate you might want to consider Uh, checking out. It's just lunch because, well, as they say, it's just lunch. A little less pressure maybe than going out for a long evening date. Hey, Sandra, thank you so much for stopping by and appreciate your uh, thumbs up for travel and relationships.
6: No problem. Thank you.
5: Be right back after this break. Don't go away.
0: RM World Travel phone lines are open 24-7 at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at rmworldtravel.com. Stay tuned. We're back after these messages.
2: The real world is full of sounds that warn about danger. In the digital world, there's no sound if your personal info is in danger. LifeLock with Norton helps protect against threats to your identity and to your devices. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton gives you protection for the digital world. And right now, for a limited time, you can go to LifeLock.com and use promo code RM for 30% off, or visit RMWorldTravel.com under Sponsors. The offer expires October 6th. Have you heard of Superbeets? Well, just one scoop of Superbeets has the nitric oxide equivalent of three whole beets. Nitrates support better blood flow, and better blood flow means better energy, and even supports healthy blood pressure. The science team behind Superbeats has conducted 11 clinical trials, and was even given the Science Award by the Nutrition Business Journal. Get a free 30-day supply, free shipping, and free nitric oxide strips with your first purchase when you visit SuperbeetsRadio.com/rm, or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
5: We know our Listeners are always curious to hear about new destinations, and Audible is another exciting way to explore the world just by listening. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks anywhere, covering every topic imaginable including travel and adventure. In many ways, listening is a journey, a chance to escape and learn about new places. Find out for yourself with a free 30-day trial. Choose any audiobook you'd like absolutely free to get started. Just visit audible.com/rm or you can always visit rmworldtravel.com and look under sponsors for a link.
4: Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger
0: anywhere down. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to rmworldtravel.com. Once again, this is your RM World Travel Connection.
5: Welcome back to RM World Travel. I'm Rudy Maxa. So this portion of the program is sponsored by another new show partner, superbeatsradio.com. Beats is like the vegetable, B-E-E-T-S. Travel fans, you've been hearing us talk about superbeatsradio.com rm for a few weeks now. And some of you out there may be thinking, uh, Robert, Mary, Rudy, why superbeats? Well, the answer is the benefits of superbeats are incredible. and You can't argue with the science behind superbeats. Beats have nitrates, and nitrates support better blood flow. And better blood flow equals better energy and efficiency throughout the body. It even supports healthy blood pressure. But this product does so much more than eating regular beets. Just one scoop has the nitric oxide equivalent of three entire beets. We also like that the team behind the product has conducted 11 clinical trials and was even given the science award by the Nutrition Business Journal. To join us and give Super beets a risk-free try for 90 days, just go to superbeetsradio.com rm. That'll get you a free 30-day supply, free shipping, and free nitric oxide strips to test your own nitric oxide levels with your first purchase. Or as always, check out RMWorldTravel.com and look under sponsors. You know, when I think of rock or ice climbing, I think of wiry guys in great shape who scale mountain faces that frankly would make me weak-kneed just to look at Uh, But if I really do think about it, I'm well aware women are also proficient in the sport. But then I heard about Chicks with Picks. It's a company founded about 16 years ago, dedicated entirely to bringing the world of climbing to more women. Kitty Galloon is a new co-owner of Chicks with Picks. We reach her today. Are you you in Utah today, Kitty?
7: Yes, I am.
5: Okay. Kitty, am am I way behind the times in considering rock and ice climbing as largely a male sport?
7: Yes. (laughs) In a word,
5: yes.
7: (laughs) Um, Actually, Chicks with Picks was founded in 1999 by Kim Reynolds, and what she saw when she went ice climbing was that most of the ice climbers were men, and if there were women out there climbing with them, they were hanging back. They weren't taking initiative. They weren't fully engaged, and she wanted to change that. So she started Chicks with chicks with picks, um, and over the years uh, that paradigm has changed and now there are almost as many women ice climbers out there as there are men and they are leading and setting up anchors and, uh, and so we're we're proud of taking that over um, four years ago
5: What particular so, yeah. challenges do women face in in this sport that men may not?
7: You know, it's surprising because um, climbing takes it—it it, it takes strength, but it's best if you get the strength out of your legs rather than pulling up with your arms because your strength, your legs are a lot stronger than your arms, and also it takes a lot of balance and which women tend to focus on, um, and it takes technique, and women can pick up technique just as well as men. The other thing is that it takes um, uh, focus, it, and um, so the mental, the mental part of it, uh, we find women are just, can be just as strong as men.
5: And you all can provide information on qualified female climbing guides in North America, can't you?
7: Yes, we can. Well, we we are made up of all um, AMGA certified guides. And the other thing I wanted to add to the women versus men thing is that um, women tend to learn better in all women's environments because they're less intimidated to ask questions.
5: Interesting. They learn quicker. Interesting. And what is is the most common age group for women climbers, parameter-wise?
7: Well, our clients used to be um, in their 40s, sometimes 50s. Now we're getting um, women in their uh, 20s and 30s. But, but uh, you go to the rock climbing gyms and you see little girls in there that are um, 8, 9, 10 years old.
5: Oh, my goodness. And of course, there are those rock climbing uh, urban places where people can climb rocks and so on. I presume that's a good starting point.
7: It is a good starting point because um, they're relatively safe environments where um, you learn that learn you can just boulder without without technical gear, and then you can work up into uh, roped climbing. And then when you're ready to go outside, there are a few other factors that you need to consider, and uh, we're. Uh, there to help women make that transition
5: You can find more information at chickswithpicks.net Kitty Calhoun's a co-owner, thank you for joining us today, Kitty. Thank you You're listening to RM World Travel and Robert and Mary will be right back in just a moment We have one more segment in this hour or this show and uh, we hope you'll stay tuned. Hope you stay tuned every week for that matter for All Things Travel. We'll be right back
1: Welcome back, everyone. It's segment 10 of this week's two-hour RM World Travel Broadcast. Mary and I appreciate you being here with us for the past hour and 50 minutes or so. Before we talk
2: hotel guest
1: books with Kevin James, a quick word about our sponsor, ButcherBox.com. We've
2: been talking about this company for a while now. Every month, they deliver 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage-bred pork, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon directly to your door with free shipping. Choose from four curated boxes, or you can customize your own box with all of your favorite cuts. And if you want to try something new, they offer a ton of tasty recipes on their website that'll help you bring out all the flavor of each cut of meat that you purchase. And
1: they have a great offer that's going on. They're offering new members $20 off your first box plus two pounds of ground beef. So in addition to all the great meat you're gonna get, you're gonna save 20 bucks off your first box and you're gonna get two pounds of ground beef now for the life of your subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com slash rm or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
2: Now let's welcome Kevin James, a professor of history at the University of Guelph in Canada who's studied the significance of hotel guest books and the role they've played going all the way back to the 19th century and connecting guests and their experiences directly with the hotel staff and what hotels are using these days that may replace that guest book. Hello Kevin, nice to have you on the program today
8: thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, you're welcome. Uh, Listen, before we get into how hotels are adapting their guest books for today's travelers, we understand their traditional hotel guest book has been around, I guess, about 200 years in hotels around the world, giving guests an opportunity to praise or gripe, I guess, if they want, about the hotel. We'd really like to know from you, though, what role has the book traditionally played for the hotel
8: staff? Well, it's been a kind of a a long germinating text. It goes back even as far as the medieval period when uh, monks used to have them in their monasteries and invite guests to inscribe within them and, of course, other guests would read them. So it's often been used by staff as a way of gauging the satisfaction of customers, getting a sense of what works and what doesn't work in an institution. Managers, of course, have been very keen to look at them especially carefully to scrutinize the marks of guests and very occasionally i've seen excised comments or autographs and i've often wondered if that wasn't a member of staff or a manager who decide at some point in the 19th century to uh, remove an offending remark there's ah. much evidence of that in books that i've looked
2: at the old-fashioned version of uh, being anonymous interesting so you know i love guest books personally if a hotel has one I enjoy signing them I enjoy leafing through the pages to see where fellow travelers have you know come from and all of that but we are noticing when we travel we see fewer and fewer of the books so let's touch on how hotels are adapting the traditional guest book to fit today's modern world
8: well I think one of the ways that people uh, have been doing it is by uh, employing visual culture you know in the age of uh, Instagram in especially I think that hotels have seen the power of the image and have tried to harness the power of the image. And of course, this is something that guests do as well. And they know that a, a positive image of a hotel, whether it's of hotel food, whether it's of some sort of space in the hotel, some microspace, you might say, of the hotel, mm-hmm. sometimes it's designed for the purpose of a guest taking a picture there, or even something like the hotel pooch, or the animal that's uh, that's yeah. there as a as a companion animal within the hotel will be something that catches the eye of guests, but has also kind of been engineered by the hotel as something that will uh, make it out into uh, the Twitter sphere or will uh, make it out on Instagram and become kind of an iconic image associated with the hotel.
2: So it really is evolving. Uh, With all the online platforms and and guest reviews that are out there for all of us to see and and partake in if we choose to, Kevin, do you think there's still a place for the guest book? We still see them in luxury hotels, we see them in boutique hotels, but even there, like I said earlier, not as as much. Um, Do you still think there's a place for the traditional guest book?
8: Well, you know, I think that there's kind of been a decline in the conventions of traditional inscription and reading. I'm a historian, so I'm, when I look at some of the older guest books from the 19th and even the early 20th century, you see sketches, you see poetry, you see this kind of extraordinarily flamboyant writing that is much less common in books today. So to some extent, I do think we've seen the eclipse of a particular style of use of the guest book and I can date that from before the uh, sort of digital age that was still in the analog age, but there's still a a space for people to leave their mark. I'm just very conscious that when we leave our mark as guests, we're leaving it both wittingly and unwittingly in the modern hotel. And uh, you know, when we leave it wittingly, it's very often on these platforms such as TripAdvisor and others where we, we offer our reviews and assessments of hotels.
1: I know you've been researching hotel guest books for years from what I'm told. I'm interested, really, you know, what got you interested in Hotel Guest Books?
8: Well, uh, you know, I'm always searching for a new project, and what uh, interested me most was a guest book. When, this was at the start of my research that I found in a far remote part of northwestern Ireland, and the archivist there Guidor. Uh, told me that this book hadn't been used but it would be a rich treasure trove for exploring the nineteenth century the years immediately after the famine and, and when i leafed through it i couldn't believe the vibrancy and quality of inscription i, I couldn't imagine anything as yeah. interesting to work with and the project has gone on and on and on because I can't let it go. And uh, at some point, I'm going to have to write the book, but I, I don't sure want I to do it. <laughs> well,
1: you listen You said you're a historian, yeah. too, so I'm sure. And, and flipping through that, so there's, it's, there's a treasure trove of information. It's terrific. Kevin, listen, we appreciate your time today. Interesting discussion. Enjoy the weekend, okay?
8: Thanks for your interest, Robert and Mary.
2: Thank you.
1: All right, just hit the release button on Kevin, and uh, I don't know if we're going to be, you know, yeah, uh, using guest books. We did, yeah. Yeah,
2: I missed them. Miss them. I, I
1: agree. Mm-hmm. We used to really enjoy sitting and going through all that Leaking stuff. So, for them. hotel yeah. managers listening out there, bring back the guest books a little more. All right. All right. Right now, it is time for us to say goodbye to all of you for this week. we will be back next week, same time, same station. Thanks for listening the past two hours, folks. Special thanks to all of our guests who appeared on the show today with Mary, Rudy, and me. Thanks to our Show Team, network affiliates, and sponsors, and certainly to all of you out there who helped make what we do America's number one travel radio show. Wherever you may be headed this week